0: Welcome to North Beach from North Beach. I'm your host Cory Luna and on our seventh episode I chat with Riley Foxley of Android Girlfriend. She has one album out with another on the way this year and it's my pleasure to be the first to interview Android Girlfriend. Thanks for uh, joining me with uh, doing the podcast. This is a lot of fun. Um, So give me a little background onto your uh, musical background and and tell me where this started.
1: okay um i guess as far as training goes you know my parents um well i'll I'll start at the very beginning i guess um my mom loves to tell the story that my parents had no idea that i could even sing or that i was musically inclined at all until i just like randomly signed up for the church talent show and i was gonna do amazing grace and um and the pianist like went to play it for me and i was like no, I don't. I don't want any music behind me, and I just sang it a cappella. I think I was like seven or eight, and my parents just nice. looked at each other and were like, "Uh, yeah, we well, gotta get you into some voice lessons." Yeah. So, so they did. Um, I I took voice for let's see, I would say probably seven years, um, and they threw in some guitar and piano lessons too. Um, so I would say because of the piano and the voice, it's pretty easy for me to pick up any instrument. Um, but that's Android,
0: right. what? Is it excellent? That's, that's, <laughs> it's great that you were able to get uh, training and tune your ear at, at, at a young
1: age. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then choir, honestly, because um, I got thrown into choir too, helped me figure out harmonies and um, working with other people on music. Although I do all <laughs> my stuff alone. But um, Android Girlfriend actually was. You know, something that I daydreamed about all the time. I always, you know, thought about all the music that I wanted to make and didn't really try to do it because I was scared I was going to be bad at writing. Um, so okay. I, I didn't write my first melody until I was 25 um, when I was in a group setting. And, um, you know, I thought the dude was going to write the melody for me. And he was just like, okay, we're playing this chord progression. You're going <laughs> to have to write something. So, uh. yeah. Um, and then I started writing, you know, the songs that you hear if you go to like any of my profiles. Um, in August of 2017, after I almost died, and I was like, "Okay, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it." Um, so I just used GarageBand on my phone, actually.
0: Good. Yeah. So yeah, I was looking at your your Bandcamp page, and it basically starts in 2017, and and there's and you've got a bunch of singles, and the one. And the one uh, main uh, album release mm-hmm. on there. Pathogen. 2018. And that, those are really fun. I listened to all the, I've already listened to them all, on everything on your band camp already. Oh, thank and you. I, I re, yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. It was really you. fun. Thank you so much. And, and I, I, I'm still really fresh with your music. I just can't remember the name of everything off, off the top of my head. I'd have to look at it. But there were some, real, there were some tracks that really stood out to me. And there, a lot of your music is very melancholy. Which I, I didn't expect, honestly. Um, which which is great. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's it's kind of it, it reminds me of, of goth music, but it's not entirely that, you know? It's it it goes it's it it goes into that category but also goes into some other categories beyond that.
1: You know, What I really wanted, it's so funny how music will just be what it is, because I wanted Mm. to do... So Alice Glass's solo album had just come out the month that all of that happened. Um, And I wanted to make music like that so bad. I wanted that healthy vibe. I wanted that Alice Glass vibe. I wanted it to be like hardcore, intense, angry, electronic music. And then when I went to write... I was just sad. So it all turns out (laughs) sad. Um, and you know, on the new album, a couple of songs have formats, like, I suppose, like, uh, like health ish. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like my music just sounds best with when it's just a couple of cents and a hip hop beat. That's just how it turned out. And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's really fantastic. Uh, what are you using to write your music with now?
1: I'm like still with, using GarageBand. <laughs> yeah? yeah, now
0: are you using doing like all soft synths for the for the melodies and the beats and the and the and um, and the drums? Are you using any hard synths or anything like that?
1: Um, I or use a lot old... of um, what are they called? Arpeggiators okay um i i use a lot of those and then on top of the arpeggiators um i've been you know picking a maybe a, a different kind of softer synth to go with it um you know the first single from the album which i really wanted to have done by the time we did this interview but it just oh, no. i know it just didn't happen so i'm actually going to give you a different song which is the last song um that i put out but Because I'm putting a lot more effort into Pipe Dream, which is the upcoming album, than I did with Pathogen. um, Because I know what I'm capable of, and I know how good I can get things to sound. Um, But to answer your question, um, like on the first single that's coming along with it, I actually do use a couple of harder synths. Um, I found a way to kind of make it work. Um, But, you know, with my melodies, it's just, it's so hard for me to use really intense sounds um just because when i've tried to do it in the past it just sounds so weird it doesn't it's not my sound
0: so that's okay it's not your sound so it's just not something that you're vibing with when you try to go with a harder
2: sound
1: yeah i want to so bad trust me i really (laughs) wanted to i want to i wish i sound more like health but at the end of the day have you ever heard of like aliex I have not uh, She If you like my music You would really like Aliex. Ali X is like Android girlfriend All grown up um, oh, Android okay. girlfriend Who knows okay. how to produce music Yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright Yeah I'll look her up
1: Yeah for sure She's also You know She's got the uh, Melancholy She's a little bit more dancey But um, mm-hmm. But yeah And I'm more of her Than, than you know The Alice Glass Health uh, Industrial Kind of stuff But I am flattered okay, That you. you called my stuff Goth at all Like thank you You're welcome
0: yeah. Yeah. It it comes through.
1: Awesome. Cool. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm, you know, thinking about fits for her for photo shoots or you know, eventually on stage stuff, I'm like, oh, I hope I'm not being a total poser by, you know, um, <laughs> going with the aesthetic that I am because I wasn't sure if my music matched. So that's great. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. But, well, I can I can tell you know it's something that's uh, something that I grew up with listening to you know, a lot of goth music fun stuff like that mm-hmm. a long time ago
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so i can i can hear the roots
1: awesome cool yeah my mom is actually you know she was this cheerleader blonde uh you know went to harvard all of this stuff and she brought me up on like echo and the bunny and the cure i mean the first really time, oh yeah the first time i ever listened to the cure i think i was 13 years old and i used to play volleyball um club volleyball so we had to drive from one mm-hmm. town to the other and i I was like, "Can we listen to the CD? I don't even know what it is." And she, my mom's like, "Sure," and I fell in love. I was wow. like obsessed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like to get that kind of music from your from your mother is is
1: awesome right I know she's so rad she's so cool I think she's forgotten about a lot of that though because um about a year ago I was in the car with my dad and I was playing stuff for my um my phone and my dad was shocked to hear lips like sugar by by echo and he (laughs) called my mom and she and he was like she's listening to the song we listened to when we were first dating and I was and they were just surprised and I was like you play this stuff all the time (laughs) like why are you shocked yeah
0: Oh yeah. my god, that's so surprising! Yeah, and that, that's just that's a wonderful thing to hear with from your parents. That's that's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. That's a very sweet thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I I have a friend whose mom brought him up on like low on like oh what would you call that? Um, oh, I can't remember their name right now, but it's more in like old school industrial goth, like the roots of that, and that's what he got brought up on. And I'm like, okay. oh, that's rad. I wish, but my mom wasn't that heavy.
0: Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Like I, I was listening to stuff like you know like, uh, front two four two Frontline assembly, Nitzer Ebb, all those fun industrial stuff.
1: I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even front.
0: That's uh, okay. I'll you know it's good good stuff. I'll, I'll send you some links. It's it's you know, you'd, you'd, It's harder than 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 what you're what you're doing, but uh-huh. it's definitely something that you might really dig. That would be know, awesome.
1: Listen. You know, I think. It was actually it wasn't that long ago, maybe like six months ago, I, and I think their name is what is it Gasefelstein or something like that
0: Gafelstein I don't know that I don't know that name
1: They're a pure industrial fr- uh band and, and like Combi Christ and stuff i just I'm just dipping my toe into that those waters i I was doing okay. the sad Goth for a, a long time. Have you listened <laughs> to John Mouse by the way? I have not who. Oh. I don't know what decade he came out if he's like making music right now, but he hits it on the head. I mean, he's amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 am as to look him up. I don't know that, that reference at all.
1: Yeah. I, oh. I a song to start out with, um, that I just played on repeat last spring, um, is Hey Moon. It's, it's hey beautiful. Moon. Yeah. And he, okay. he's got kind of a lo-fi thing going on too. It's, it's nice. It's cool.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So, um, uh, let me get back into what was some of the inspiring things that really pushed your music in 2017.
1: Okay. So, like I said, um, I almost died. And, you know, I am actually comfortable being public, Um with my battles as far as this goes i was i was debating it since this is like the first interview i've ever done it's like do i really want to bring this up but i feel like it's relevant and if you listen to my music it's gonna you're gonna get it anyway (laughs) because i Mm -hmm. reference it a lot you know i was struggling with heroin for a really long time um okay i overdosed um and that was the first time that you know i'd had to been revived by emts and it scared the fuck out of me and that was the first time I was really faced with my mortality. And I was like, I'm going to die someday. And, mm. like, I've never really pursued my music. And so from that point on, you know, I've, I've hit a couple of low points since then. Um, but from that point, like, Android Girlfriend is my reason to get up in the morning. You know, I really want to yeah. give it a shot. I want to see, Good. you know, how... Exactly what I can do because I I think I know what I'm capable of and I want to see if I can live up to my potential.
0: Okay, very good. And so with that, I've I just looked up your uh, your your um, your Bandcamp account. Mm -hmm. So the two tracks that really stood out to me was San Marino and the Black Death. Mm Mhm. Oh wow. Those two songs really really point are really you know very I really connected with those
1: songs. Awesome. Cool, I'm glad you like them. You know, The Black Death is a song I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, We're recording this on uh, March 14th, and, you know, the uh, death anniversary of a friend of mine is on the 19th, and it was her death that actually inspired me to write that song. Um, Every verse is about somebody else that I know who's died because of their addiction, so the first verse is about the girl who died on March nineteenth. The second verse is about a girl who died about a year before that. The third verse is actually about Amy Winehouse. <laughs> and oh. yeah, that oh man, that really fucked me up for a while. Um and yeah. the last verse is actually, you know, me in August of 2017 about the insanity that was going on in my head. Um and I you know, musically I really like that song because I was always writing it and I didn't even realize it until after I'd done the vocals. But it almost sounds, the outro to that, like a heartbeat, you know? How mm-hmm. the, uh, I think it's the bass that fades out at the end. Um, and, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm really glad you like that one. And then San Marino. It's so funny to me how many people <laughs> like that song. It was, um, my boyfriend at the time was like, you know, Morris Volta writes their lyrics as they just pick a um, a medical term and then they just rhyme with it. You should try that, <laughs> and so I did. I I did exsanguinous <laughs> and then um, and then just <laughs> went from there. I honestly wow. just went straight out of the rhyming dictionary because. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it turned out though that all of the verses I read, I wrote were uh, were relevant so i'm I'm glad people like that
0: one though yeah it's fantastic it um t- so I, I didn't realize that was part of the new i didn't realize that the the writing background on that song at all that's, yeah you know, that's it's a neat concept I, have, I i've never done that that was that's a neat um and all right so you've got pathogen out as mm-hmm. is, is that your, that's your yes your debut like full album right yes Mm-hmm. And you're working on a second album right now?
1: Yeah, Pipe Dream. I'm really excited to get this out. Oh, yeah. Good. Um, you know, I, when I, okay, um, I had like two songs written, maybe three, and I was gonna, I had just gone through a breakup and I was just gonna put an EP out, you know, to summarize that relationship. And then right after that relationship, I actually met somebody. Um, that it didn't come to fruition. It was completely one-sided. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, but, uh, it really just, I think I write really well when I'm in, like, I don't want to say unrequited or unrequited love because I'm not in love with him, but when I'm fixated on somebody. When I'm fixated on somebody it's not reciprocated, that is when I write my best music. That's when I think I'm the most inspired. Okay. So I ended up writing, like, seven songs. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to make this an album. (laughs) So (laughs) right now it's got 11 tracks. Um, And, yeah, I'm I'm so excited about them. And um, I was just thinking I lost my train of thought. I'm just hoping he doesn't listen to this. Because he, he knows he, he knows that I've got a bunch of songs about him. Um, but like I was saying, I am putting so much effort into this. I actually, um, you know, you might have seen on my Instagram. Uh, I it Man, it could have been a month ago now. Um, a friend of mine, you know, went to Ohio for a weekend and was just like, hey, if you want to use my house, go for it. So I was like, nice. And so just all weekend, I set out to make a rough draft of the album. And I did. Um, So now I'm just editing and, you know, doing vocals and redoing vocals and, you know, fixing lyrics. Um, But I'm really excited for it, honestly. Um, It blows Pathogen out of the water, and thank God, because a lot, not a lot, I I can think of one song on Pathogen that I really just like phoned in and I wish I wouldn't have put it on the album. And so every song that's going on Pipe Dream, if I feel like I wouldn't release it as a single, then I'm not putting it on the album. Okay. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, it's basically saying that, you know, this is not hitting the standard that you want to be at.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm really excited for people to hear the new one, man. And, you know, my parents keep asking me, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? And I'm like, (laughs) months from now. Like,
2: Hmm.
1: I want to be able to listen to every song and not think of, you know, I would have to change this or I could have changed that. And then I'm also having a friend of mine uh, mix and master it. So, yeah, because Pathogen was just all me trying to figure out levels and being like, oh, I hope this is how you do it. <laughs> you
0: no, know, that you gotta start somewhere, and it's. I'm really glad that you you're 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 on your way. Yeah, it's you know that's a really great thing to see, and I'm thank you for telling about about the story. Um, it was it's it's something that that I think uh, I think a lot of artists in general are 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 will be able to connect with. It's something that I understand and and kind of connect with in a in a similar way because i got back i was in i was making music back in like you know 2000 2003 and i stopped doing it to pursue college mm-hmm. to do a degree in photography and i didn't get back into music until december of 2016 because i had a surgery that was lined up to to uh happen in 2017 mm-hmm. it's now been actually tomorrow will be the two year anniversary from since my last surgery Mm -hmm. but it was it was open heart surgery it was my fourth one and it was a lot to it was just a lot to deal with because I was out of work for five months yeah you know it was just one of those things that was it was good because it was premeditative and I was able to tell myself you know think about it and, and decide I need something that will occupy my mind to keep myself busy where I don't need to really move around much mm-hmm. so I can you know be in bed or you know just be in my studio in my, in, my, in my chair and not have to move my arms too much mm-hmm. so I got back into doing electronic music and it was a wonderful thing to do to, personally it was just a fantastic thing that w- was able to I was able to heal my body and, and I feel like I was able to heal more than just my physical self mm-hmm. from writing music Yeah. And it it was, it's transcendent.
1: It really is. You know, it really is. I was just talking to my therapist this morning about how Android Girlfriend has saved my life multiple times. You know, I, my music is melancholy because generally when I feel like I need to write is when I'm really going through some intense fucking pain and I need to get it out and I need to process it. And it's been insanely helpful to have written, you know, those seven songs or whatever, just so I can move on with my my life and not feel so crazy, you know, and yeah. yeah, I feel like you totally understand
0: yeah it's it's really something like you really can't explain what it is, you just have to experience it mm-hmm. and and you have yeah and you know, and it's really made a difference in your life, and you've been able to push all this music out, and I'm not sure if it was it, it, how it really worked for you, but did you feel when you when you started to write music? seriously you know in the in, from like 2017 and 2018 mm-hmm. did you was it starting to flow out of you or was it how did you feel about when you started writing music and realized i've actually got an album here mm-hmm. how'd you what was that experience for you
1: how, how did it feel when i finished the album is that what you're asking
0: yeah and you know the whole pro- i'm asking about the process of writing these songs and realizing you've actually got a whole
1: album oh for pipe dream i thought you meant for pathogen um honestly i felt insane because i was like ah this is just a really intense crush and i accidentally wrote a whole album about him um so it didn't (laughs) feel good (laughs) honestly (laughs) but it didn't feel good at first because i was just like i need a therapist but then i got the therapist. Um, mm-hmm. so, but no, I'm actually really, um, I'm happy that I did it. I'm really happy that I did it. And I did feel so much better, you know, after that, after I locked myself in my friend's house and I was just like, cause I was in so much pain, man. I, it really hurt that rejection. Cause I have, I take things like really literally. So if you let me down mm-hmm. nice I'm not, I might not always understand that you're rejecting me. So it was like a two times kind of thing and it, it hurt really bad. But, you know, by the end of that weekend, I felt so much better. And I mean, now I feel amazing. I, I wish I didn't have to edit, edit the album now. But um, no, as far as the release and the process, yeah, you know, it really is just like ripping off a band aid. It's like feeling something really intense while you're doing it. And then once it's out, it's out. You know, um, I've never played live. It's on my to do list. I'm really hoping at some point soon I can find another synth pop artist in Nashville to uh, link up with and like open for them or something. Um, mm. So I'm not sure how it's gonna feel live, um, but I, I I like performing. You know, having done all of the uh, music lessons that I have. You know I've done plenty of recitals, and you know I've always really liked karaoke. So I, I feel like I'm gonna enjoy it, even though you know the songs are a little intense. There's a song, on Pathogen called Water, um, and it's kind of in the same vein, vein about somebody completely different. So I'm hoping by the time I play live that it'll feel like I do when I sing water now where, you know, I'm like a deep, I'm detached from that intense emotion, but I can still revisit it. Like looking in the window instead of walking through the door. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. It does. Yeah.
0: Now in, uh, in Nashville, we in Tennessee, where you are. Is there an electronic scene at all that?
1: Yeah. Not, I mean, okay. So there's a, there's an EDM scene for sure. Um, I uh-huh. haven't personally delved into it, um, I, hmm, how do I put this, how do I put that I'm a total loser who doesn't do much and sits at home, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I go. sounds
0: like everybody else who plays electronic music.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I like the idea of going to them, but it is it's a it sounds very intense. Um, there is a goth scene here though, um, that's good. And so there's a there's a suburb called Murfreesboro that I guess the shows there. You know you have like a like a a punk band with like a rap dude with like synth pop with like you know dark wave. So I'm I think I might actually use the resources I have to try to link up with something cool like that. You know where where I'm not even. Playing with other people that play my type of music, where I'm playing with you know some like thrash band or something.
0: <laughs> so, uh, for example, in say in San Francisco and and, and some other places, uh, specifically here, we've got there's a you know there's a few options within the Bay Area and within San Francisco. We've got on like once a month on on I think it's the second or first Tuesday night of every month. There's Resident, which is an electronic. Um, open mic, oh, which cool. I played at. I played at multiple, you know, many times since last year. I think it, I played, not. I didn't play this. I played a lot back in February, and then there's also uh, Resonant Frequencies, which is another electronic collective of of musicians that it's open to everybody to come and play. That's in Oakland, and that's been going. And both of these have been going on for a year now.
1: And so cool. there's some
0: other, and there's others within the Bay Area, more primarily towards uh, the South Bay, like San Mateo area, mm-hmm. that I haven't made it out to yet, just because um, I haven't, I just, I just haven't owned a car in two years, and I don't know, I've kind of enjoy not having a car. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> but um, it's so Nashville doesn't really have an open mic electronic scene at all that you that that would cater to your your music.
1: Not that. I know of, um, and if anybody is listening to this and knows of one, that would be great. Um, no, I mean, no. You, okay. But it also, not that I know of, again, um, yeah. I've like dipped my toe a little bit in. I know I know a couple people who make music in the electronic scene, but it's more like house music. So um, they're DJs and, and less you know, um, like synth pop. Um, right. I, I'm i sure, you know, I never even really considered an open mic until like right now. <laughs> I But and now I, I think I might look into that actually, just so I can get, you know, figure out my stage um, show, you know, a little bit with like one or two songs, and then maybe, you know, meet somebody there that wants to go in on a show.
0: That would be cool. You yeah. know, that would might that might actually open the door for you to, you know, one, find similar like minded people within your area mm-hmm. and also might even spark up a group of friends that want to put together a monthly show. Yeah, in the that area. would be great. You know, um,
1: um, and I I haven't really announced this publicly yet, but I guess this is a good time to do it. I'm actually trying to navigate a move to New York. And um, I've heard that they haven't like a huge synth pop scene so um, i'm sure they do yeah 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 um so you know it'd be cool to even just get started here and then hopefully by the time you know i'm up there i'm i've got a little more figured out but yeah you should
0: look up uh, a friend of if you ever well even before you make it out there uh look up a friend of mine m lamar uh-huh. uh he's a, a he's he's a goth musician and I met him in San Francisco, and he's been living out in New York a long time now. But he's uh, he's out there, and he's he's done tours all over the world, and he's done he's 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 still primarily in I think in Brooklyn. Cool. But you know, he would he'd be a great a great uh, uh, person to chat with about you know getting into the music scene into New, in New York.
1: That would be amazing. Um, yeah, and after we're done, if you want to like link me to his Instagram or something, that would be great. I will. Yeah, because I I think I. If I can, if I can, I'm going to try for the Queens side of Bushwick. But I've honestly never even been to New York City, so I'm just hoping for the best. But, I, you know, I
0: fit right in. You'll be fine.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, everybody told me that about L.A. and I did. They, they were like, you're going to yeah. love Hollywood. And then I got to Hollywood and I was like, I love Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> right on the money. Um. I do miss living in a, in a gigantic city, too. It'll be nice to not have a car.
0: Yeah. Now, um, where are you originally, where are you originally from?
1: I'm originally from, let's see, you want me to just give you the tour de Riley of where all I've lived? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, the journey starts in uh, in Kansas. I was born in Kansas. Um, when I was like three, my mom moved us to Oklahoma, lived in Oklahoma until I was 15. And then I moved to a really small town in Kansas. And that went well, because I was already weird by then. So, I was really weird for Western Kansas. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I spent a little bit of time in England. After England, I lived a year in Seattle. Uh, and then I came back to Kansas for college. And then I actually had uh, moved to um, to Nashville for a couple of months after that. Um, it didn't work out, just circumstances kind of collapsed on me. But I met some awesome people. And so, when I moved... Um, back to Oklahoma for a little bit from Nashville, you know, Nashville has been on my mind since, since I lived here in 2013. Um, so Oklahoma for a little bit, I actually did a stint in New Zealand for a few months. Um, Mm -hmm. fell in love on the internet. What are you going to do? Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then after Oklahoma, I was a couple months in Chicago and then I was three years in LA and now I'm back in Nashville.
0: Oh, okay. Well, it's quite quite a tour.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I really have always thought that you should do exactly what you want with your life, regardless of what other people are going to think about it. As far as um, and anything goes, really. So the thought of like having a mortgage or kids for me, and this is not a judgment on people who have a mortgage or kids, but those um, two things for my life do not align with what I want. I I like. Being able to be free to move wherever I please without being tied down mm-hmm. That's very important to me. I want to meet as many different kinds of people as I possibly can and see as many different things as I can.
0: That's that's a great perspective. Um, a fr- some a uh, group of friends. No, I'm sorry, a group of friends. Uh, a, c- a couple of uh, that I know that had their first baby, uh, last year. You know, they're you know still very much an infant baby. And this couple, they're they're older. You know, they're probably in their you know in not in the in the prime of their of when they should be having kids, but you know they had it a little later in, in their lives, as, as an adult. And my girlfriend and I went out and saw a, a comedy show with them a few months ago, back in January. Mm-hmm. And and they're telling us all about you know being new parents. And and my friend said, it's okay not to have kids, man. It's okay. <laughs> so Go ahead. That was kind of a cool perspective for hearing that from a dad. Yeah. Um, which you know, I like kids. You know, I don't have kids, but Kids are cool, you know?
1: You know, I've spent a lot of time in my life nannying. So it's not that I don't like kids. It's that if I had kids, I would want them to stay, because of my experience of getting moved my sophomore year of high school, I would want my kids to stay, you know, in the same place until they graduate. Um, And the thought of being in a city for five years even is just, like, makes my head... Almost explode. I'm like, that is a long time. I can commit to people, like as far as partners, um, and friends, but I I have I have commitment issues with cities, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah. You know,
0: it's I I can see that perspective because I've been in San Francisco a long time, and it's you know, and I I grew up in a suburb outside of San Francisco. My hometown like a 30 minute drive over the Golden Gate Bridge, so. East bay? I know what it's like. Uh, no, uh, Marin County.
1: Oh, right on. Okay, cool.
0: It, it, Marin County, which is, um, it'd be north of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, if you would go to Oakland, you would take the Bay Bridge, not the Golden Gate Bridge.
1: Oh, I spent a little bit of time in, uh, outside of Santa Rosa in Roner Park, um, so I have ah. a little bit of knowledge about the Bay, but not a lot.
0: Okay, that yeah, that means you were north. You were, uh, you were in Sonoma County, and you, and that's right next to Marin County. So you actually were not far away oh, right on. from my hometown. Very uh, beautiful. Probably, there. You were probably about an hour away, maybe 45 minutes. Nice. Yeah. But, um, you know, I get it because there's something about, you know, something about living in San Francisco that it's not the same city that my dad grew up in. And it's, it's the, the politics are different. The people are different. The, it's the culture is, is a little too much. It, it's gotten a little too loose. I would say. And there's not enough you know, there's not enough uh dignity as as there used to be. So it's it's kind of changed the atmosphere and there's it's just not as as it's still a fun place to be, but I don't know if it's the place I wanna spend the rest of my life. Sure. Right yeah. It's just not the same.
1: You know, um there is something about it. a a city to me is so much like a person because cities don't stay stagnant just like people don't people hopefully don't I mean some people are the same person for 50 years but um you know especially with you know the housing crisis that's going on in almost every major city um they're completely changing so it doesn't surprise me at all that San Francisco's you know become a completely different city i miss the chicago that i fell in love with in 2010 but it's just not that city anymore same with Mm seattle seattle is a completely different city now Mm. yeah i have nashville i guess you know to me nashville is the same because i was only here for two months five years ago but people who grew up here you know just tell me that it's not the it's not the same at all so yeah yeah where would you want to go
0: I'd probably go to New York or LA. Right
1: on, cool, good choice. One of
0: the one of those two. Um, I'd probably go for LA first mm-hmm. right now, just because I think I have um, a better perspective of what I'm looking for now, in terms of, you know, music and culture mm-hmm. and where I think that I would I would be fitted best. But mm-hmm. and at the same time, since you know I also do fine art with you know photography mostly. I think L.A. would be a better scene, and maybe, maybe New York might be a good scene for me. San Francisco, no. Not for photography. Right. There's, no, there's real no market for photography out here. Even commercial photography, it's really hard to do for me.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, L.A., you're going to be crawling with models. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I did a photo shoot with some friends of mine uh back in 2008, who were doing when steampunk was was still new, uh-huh. and I, I did a that. series of these. I did a series with uh, all my friends. I got them all together, and I did a few a series of different photo shoots. And my friends, who a friend of mine who is uh, living in LA and still does, she said, "You should move to LA. I've got two other friends doing the same thing you're doing. Go there right now." I didn't, and <laughs> and they and she told me these people now have careers as you know commercial photographers, which. I don't because I didn't go to L.A.
1: Man, isn't hindsight the best? Yeah, it totally is. But I admit
0: to my friend last year, I said, "You were right. I should have gone." Mm-hmm. Well, it's not too late.
1: No, it's not too late, and there's no way you could have known. The thing, the crazy thing about life is, we have no idea what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to happen next. So.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's it's good to you know, I think it's great that you've had the opportunity to. Go to different places, you know. As even as an adult, you've lived in different different places, and you're getting different perspectives and, and broadening your horizon of what humanity really is, and how you can fit yourself into it.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful for the opportunities I've had. I mean, honestly, I'm very in debt from student loans because I was using those student loans to go to New Zealand and England and yeah. Seattle, <laughs> and you know, doing all of this. But I don't regret it at all, and I and yeah. past me knew that I wasn't going to regret it. I was like, I oh, I don't care that you know I'm going to have to pay back seventy grand in the future. This is worth it. Yeah, and I I agree with her. She was right.
0: That's that's excellent to hear because I know that a lot of people are afraid of having debt, you know, myself included. But it's not the worst thing in the world, and if it's going to get you in a place that's that will change your perspective change your life it's probably worth it to to incur debt and be able to travel and go to school
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean ab- absolutely i really truly believe in you know I think at the end of the day my motto would just be like live up to your potential like we all we all have only one life guaranteed maybe we'll come back maybe we reincarnate maybe there's an afterlife but we for sure have this life and i'm trying to do as much as i can with it
0: excellent Mm -hmm. it's really great to hear um so with your music have you thought about you know you've been thinking about doing live shows have you have you put toward have you thought about you know thinking about what your your live set's going to be and how how you might structure that?
1: I think in the beginning, what I'm gonna have to do is just play m p threes and sing over it um i I have a few outfits in mind um which i I know at the end of the day it's like not important the outfits, but i I love fashion and i just have so many ideas of where i can go you know cuz she's a fembot you can do anything with a fembot she's like a <laughs> punk goth fembot that's cool as hell <laughs> like yeah. i can do so much with that um but you know i don't know i don't i think actually i'm a little scared to play live because i only know how to perform besides like karaoke on like a stage stage you know where right. i have you know, like a hundred people watching. I don't know how I'm going to do at a dive bar. That's, I'm really scared of that actually. I, Cause I don't really know what I can do I, with the stage and the lighting because I'm going to be doing everything myself. So what I can say for sure is until I get some more experience under my belt, it's probably just going to be MP3s and um, singing along with it. I would eventually love to, you know, take some dance lessons and go a little poppy with it that would be really cool
0: but that'd be cool yeah that'd be fun and you know don't be afraid of showmanship you know doing costumes is part of of part of it's part of uh, doing a performance you know not you know not everybody does it I'm I don't do it as much as I used to because I used to you know back in like 2000 and 2002 I was doing metal bands goth bands and I, d- I actually did a synth pop band in 2003 oh, cool. or 2004, um, and and in all those, you know, we always dressed up. But nowadays, I don't dress up as much. You know, I'll I'll wear a tie maybe, mm-hmm. and or, or and that's about it. So, but you know, I, I'm a bit older, and and I'm in a scene where it's not really, a, we're not really pushing that. And a lot of our, a lot of the shows that I've been playing with these open mics for uh, s- for electronic music, we always have. Uh, video artists so there's always someone doing projection Mm -hmm. so you know you're like basically either you're either in a shadow the entire time you're performing up there or you're being bathed in all these colorful projections and a lot of it is either video overlay or you're looking at artists who are using um, uh, modular video projection which I'm not sure if you're really familiar with but basically it's just a it's a lot of variety of colors and textures that are really don't really are anything like they're mm-hmm. not real they're not photos or, or anything like that it's more um, esoteric images
2: cool
1: that, that
0: constantly flow
1: wait is it, are you're not talking about like the tracer looking stuff that like Beyonce did are you
0: I'm, I'm not really familiar with with uh, that video
1: Oh, it's not it was actually uh i think it was the grammys or the vmas it was two years ago and you know i respect beyonce it's just like i've never been that into her and i just happened to be Mm -hmm. walking through the living room while my uh roommates were watching it and it was like an acid trip but live it was insane okay yeah Yeah. it
0: was yeah modular video is very much what an acid trip would be cool if it's just a video projection yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it really is
1: i would love to do that
0: you can stand there and get lost in the music and what's great is in these in these settings that i've been playing with in the past year is there's a you know there's a variety of uh you know audio audio electronic musicians and then there's the video music you know there's a video guy and and, you know he's a musician his own Mm right or artist i should say and we're feeding off each other. Like usually, the, the, the audio person, you know, the, the person who the music has a set of what they want to do, or they're doing an improv set with a l- with modular music, like EuroRack. Mm-hmm. And we're and like you know, a lot of my sets are like that because I'll come on with a concept, and I'll stick with that and but I'll, and I'll make it arc and go places. But the video artists are feeding off of the music that I'm that either I or the other performers are are, are creating. And that will inspire them in the moment to create more textures, and you'll see that a, a lot of these textures will actually, you know, move with the beat that you're. That, you're that
1: is so it. cool! I would love to do that. I mean, I think you'd really dig it. Yeah, I think so too. I think that sounds right up my alley. I
0: yeah, think you should look into Eurorack. I think you'd really enjoy it.
1: Okay, cool. I will. I have so many new things to look up. I'm excited. It's it's fun. Like you
0: know, it's it's great. Be, you know, you know, don't get me wrong. They're doing you know virtual synths you know with garage band or anything like or any of those is a lot of fun there's Mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of technology into it and it's vastly growing like I bought a virtual bookla which was put up by Aturia the bookla 5 and that thing is so fun you just sit there on your computer and just play around yeah you don't even know where these you don't even know where the sound's gonna go yeah it's phenomenal but once you get into hardware and you know either you get into your rack modulars or whatever size modulars you want to get into, or you go for a more traditional synthesizer like, you know, like a, like a Roland, you know, 101 or, or probably more of the zero one, which is more updated, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, you're still getting, you know, a, a, a hands-on experience that is not the same as, as doing virtual. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great cause you get a bit more immersed and understand your, your instruments that way a little
1: bit better. For sure. And I, um, You know, there was somebody that I used to know um, who had a lot of hardware, and he let me play around with it once. I really, I mean, I love hardware. It's just, where I am with Android Girlfriend right now is I just can't afford to do a lot of the stuff that I want to do. It really just comes down to money. Um, But actually, um, speaking of hardware, um, my ex is giving me his theremin. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, it's a Moog theremin.
0: Dude, that's cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's going to be so rad. So I'm going to see, you know, what all I can do with that. Because, I mean, that'll just look cool if nothing else. Like, it just gonna be look awesome. like magic. You can do a
0: whole performance like that. Yeah. There are, there's, a, there's a gal in, I can't remember her name right now, but I follow her on Instagram. And she's in, I think she's in Sweden. Uh-huh. And she's pro, she has a master's degree in playing the theremin. And she, she can play it, she can make it sound like a cello. That's so I, cool! I kid you not. I, it's so amazing to see her perform. Just the videos that she'll put up, because you know she's got one hand over here, you know, mm-hmm. doing the volume, and one here doing the pitch, and you hear, you can just see see her plucking Mm -hmm. the the strings are not actually there and it sounds spot on
1: i i mean i uh i have a friend who's in a band in the uk called flush tetris and and she plays a theremin (laughs) and it's so cool i just ever since i knew what a theremin was i've been obsessed with the theremin um they're they're amazing yeah so i'm gonna see if i can incorporate that into a couple of songs depending on how long it takes me to get it
0: I'm excited you're getting a Moog theremin mm-hmm. that is, you know, top of the line theremin. Oh, yeah. Bravo, man. That's going to be, you're going to, I'm so stoked you're going to be playing with that. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you're going to do with it.
1: Me too. Me too. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to take a little, a little while until I'm not making like, rare <laughs> noises. Oh, yeah, but... definitely.
0: It's definitely going to be that for a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe I'll put that on the song where it's just noise, you know?
0: You could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah man, yeah. That's so amazing. You know, there's actually, um, there's uh, a Eurorack company out of France called Wave Liquor, mm-hmm. and they've designed a few modules to go to specifically to work with a theremin. So, and I don't know these modules personally. I've just looked at them on, th- on their website, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know exactly what they're doing, but, you know, they're basically, you're able to play around with probably, you know, more, w uh, like saw square and, and waves like that cool probably probably put maybe i don't know maybe there's a sequencer in there as well that would that would be really helpful with the theremin. Uh, so maybe you could so actually cool. put a beat on it
1: yeah man i didn't realize you could do so much with it maybe I. oh man this is blowing my mind this is such good news um you're
0: gonna become such a nerd tech it's gonna be awesome
1: i'm excited yay uh, Cool. I mean, maybe yes. I could just do a show with a theremin. You you totally could. Yeah.
0: You absolutely could. Yeah, it was def- it was before. I'm pretty sure it was invented before World War
2: II.
1: Okay, right on. Yeah. Right on. I think maybe the video I watched was from the Cold War of the woman playing that somewhere the- over the rainbow. Do you know? which oh, yeah, Video totally. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's definitely you know Cold War era. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that's why I was thinking that. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's cool. I didn't know all that stuff, so thank you for telling me. Very <laughs> yeah.
0: excited. Oh, yeah, be, I'm excited. This is gonna be really cool.
2: Ah, yay!
0: Good for you, <laughs> man. This is gonna be amazing. You have a, a set date? You want your your new album, or you're, you're still just it's still in the making, right?
1: It is. It's so it's uh, it's written. Like I've got the bass music written. I've got the lyrics written. Right now I'm tweaking and I'm doing and redoing vocals. Um. But I don't even want to put a date out because, like I said, man, like I want to set the album down after I think it's done for like a, sorry, excuse me, for like at least a week, um, so that I can come back to it with fresh ears and hear of anything out mm-hmm. al- if there's anything else I want to change because I want, I I want to be able to sit in somebody's car and play the song. To them without me thinking like, oh, I'm missing, I missed that note. Oh, man, there's, you know, it's like a quarter second off on the beat or whatever. Um, you know, we overanalyze our music and I want to be able yeah. to, to sit down, show somebody my music and be like, hell yeah, that's my music. It's perfect. And, you know, nothing's ever perfect, but get it as good as I possibly can.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, and something with uh, when you sit down and then let someone listen to your music and you're with them let them you know let them decide what the, their opinion is don't even think about like if it if you're thinking oh man i missed that that beat i missed that that note on the album in your track just internalize it don't even mention it to them because they might not notice it and maybe that and to them maybe they're thinking that's how it's supposed to be because that's how it was written
1: yeah um i have a really awesome friend genevieve and she's probably my biggest fan um and she really likes my song, Swords. Swords is my least favorite song because I mess up so much in it. And she's like, I didn't, I couldn't tell. And so I was like, nice. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I guess even for my years though, you know, I, I guess since I have such a mental block with paying, playing live is I also want songs that I really believe in. Because I think a lot of me playing live is going to be like, what if people think the song sucks or whatever? But I mean, don't we all kind of just feel, have that artist thing where we're like, oh, what I made is amazing and I'm so proud of it. And then on the other hand, we're like, I'm terrible and I've never made a good thing in my life. Is that just me or is that everybody? Okay. yeah,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I forced myself to put an album out this year and I did. And, you know, I was excited about it, but it hasn't you know it it's not it's not getting out very much right now you know i i pushed myself to get it done got it mastered made i got cassette tapes made and cuz apparently that's the market right now but, <laughs> Isn't that
1: weird everybody's really right? tapes <laughs> yeah i'm like i, I don't know cassette
0: i think i've sold like 3 maybe <laughs> yeah. 4 you know and i'm sitting on a box of i'm going like god damn it somebody <laughs> buy these cassette tapes uh, <laughs> um but overall it's something that it's a passion that you got to do for yourself. And even though I'm, you know, I'm waiting to get, I'm waiting to make my money back, and I need to make myself go out there, play more shows, promote it, and say, "Hey guys, I'm performing tonight." Also, I got merch. But at the same time, it's about what it's about what the artist's expression really wants to be. It's your person, you know. It's it's you. This is something that you're doing. You know, an artist, you're doing this for yourself a lot and it's an ex- and it's your emotions coming out uh in your music which is what's really important and and it becomes a part of you and over years even though it's not something that you know at the time when he, you when you made it and it came out that it was not necessarily popular or well received but it's something that you can look back on later on you know as the years go by and go I I did this I I did it Yeah. Even though it's you know it's not commercially successful, you did it and it's out there, and people will over the years will stumble upon it, and you'll get emails saying, "Hey, do you still have this album? Do Mm -hmm. you have a copy? I'd love to get a copy." And you go, "Oh, totally, dude, I got it." And or or some of it will be you know later on when you get a bit more you know of a fan base, things will start to sell out, and you'll say, "Sorry, it was a limited press, but hey, there's a digital release you can get too." (laughs) Yeah, something like that, you know. Yeah. That's and I think that's something that you're that you will be able to look forward to.
1: Yeah, and you know, I try to be realistic with Android Girlfriend. I understand that my music's a little niche, so I think that even a hundred fans, like a hundred people who really listen to my music, like a hundred listeners on Spotify, it would just make my heart sing. A thousand, I would. Con I would consider myself a complete success, so um because I don't really think that I could even handle success beyond maybe like what a- Amanda Palmer has. I'm a huge Amanda Palmer fan. Um, I don't think I could handle that kind of scrutiny because I'm also very honest and open like she is. Um, and I don't really want to get all those tweets about how I'm a bad person. <laughs> so it's like it's like I would be good with just you know. You know a reasonable amount of people enjoying my stuff even that would be yeah. super cool yeah
0: That, that would, yeah that's a good feeling if you and and i'm sure it'll happen
1: yeah i you hope know,
0: so it's already happening
2: <laughs> yeah you I know look, um I, I looking at your oh, uh, go ahead, band
0: camp i noticed that there was i think there's like six albums left that it says on your Bandcamp for uh your first album on there
1: i made 10 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I was I was being realistic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, and they're just burned. You know, the the cool thing about the people who like my music for the most part, um, is that they're my friends, and a lot of them have discovered me through Amanda Palmer, and her fan base really? is yeah her fan base is pretty um, pretty well known for being chill and understanding and empathetic and so, you know, the people who bought the CD on my Kickstarter, um, which I still haven't sent them out, I, they're in my car, guys, I'm so sorry, but like, it's been a ridiculous amount of time, but I, they know that they're gonna get it, they trust me um, I told them I was just gonna end up having to burn it on a CD and they're like, that's cool, dude, whatever, we're just trying to support you, music, so it's like, I'm, I'm, yeah, there, I'm not even trying to live up to this absurd standard because I don't really have to yet. And it's, it's yeah. nice. It's nice. I'm, it's nice to live in something realistic with, for my means right now.
0: Riley, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This is great.
0: Riley, this is, this is, a, good, this is a pleasure.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Everyone wants me but you. 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 you. I sit in my car and I drink your beer. And I throw up all my food. And I wonder if I'll ever be good enough for you. I used to be this rotten girl, but you You think I'm vain and I care too much about everyone's plans. I wanna die that fucking app. It only makes me sad.